Hello, ladies. The Big Balboski here. And right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness. Talking all of this madness. Talking all of this madness. They talking all Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Menace Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host once again for the night, Alo Aaron Lloyd. I'm joined by my best friend, Ek2 Fly, Eric Trembicki, and Josh Prepagina. Gentlemen, how are we, how are we tonight? We're doing well. We're doing well. Uh-huh. Fantastic. Good to be back for a second week in a row. Yeah, there's somebody missing. It's a glaring hole in the show, but I'm, it's okay. He's here in spirit <laughs> once and once again. He's taking a sabbatical. Yes, he is, uh, and I and I, I I really don't blame him. <laughs> so uh, as always, uh, subscribe on iTunes. Um, leave us a five star review as well. Also, check out our YouTube page with our interviews with current NWA World's Champion Nick Aldis and the now former Cruiserweight Champion Leo Rush, and also superstars such as Simon Grimm, Zeta Zang, and Impact Wrestling's Michael Elgin. All right, guys, so last week, well, actually for the last couple of weeks, we kind of took a sabbatical from uh, the weekly product, which which is fine because sometimes there's not a lot much to talk about. And it's a lot nice more. Nice little breather. Yeah, it's, it's a lot more fun at times talking about other stuff as well because in reality, we're not really missing much at all. So um, you guys want to start with TLC first and break down some of the card or you guys want to discuss the Hall of Fame real quick? I, I'm okay with jumping into the Hall of Fame. All right, so we got our first two names heading into the Hall of Fame. So the NWO will be the headliners, which is of Hogan, Nash, and Hall, and X, well, six. And the Animal Dave Fatisa have been named to be in the Hall of Fame as the first two inductees. So what are your guys' thoughts on those being the first two names we get, the NWO and... The animal Batista. Uh, fire! I think is uh, again. You know, I don't recall the early years of the Hall of Fame and when the announcements uh, were really starting. I guess 2011's my farthest uh, memory of it going back. But is it is it common that they announce two kind of like headliners or two people at the same time? Um, I th- I think they did it last year. I could be wrong. But I just thought it was a, a lot early than usual because yeah, not, definitely early because not it's not even January yet, even though it's a couple weeks away. I just, I just thought it was a little early. Go ahead, Brett. From what I remember, like I don't remember last much of last year, but like years before that, I know it's like every week leading up until like two weeks before they yeah. usually try mm-hmm. to like have it set. And it usually starts at what Rumble? Yeah, it usually starts around January. That's what I'm saying. Like it's a little. So early this is so. This is yeah. It was kind of confusing because I'm like, damn, like, why now? And then like you hear the rumors, like, oh, they're trying to compensate because tickets aren't going so good. Well, mm-hmm. now something that's uh, that's come up and is really kind of subjective with the NWO is. Which members do you think should go in? Me personally, I think it's fine the way it is. I just I think they should add the Big Show to go in as a giant with them because he was he's not he's a part of the one of the first incarnations of the NWO. If you if, if you're gonna throw X Pocket, well six in there, so 
what do you guys think should go in as the who do you think should, should go in as the NWO? Should it be just those? Should it be Hall, Nash, and and Hogan, or should it be with six and the Giant? Or is any is there anybody else you guys think that should be in there? So my my take on it, I guess I got three three points. I, I'm you know siding with you. Like I'm not mad about how it is. Uh, I do like when they post the the picture with like the background. It's, it's funny to see a photoshopped picture. Like, it's a 02, 03 picture of the Wolfpack and then Hulk Hogan's photoshopped into it. Yep. <laughs> um, and, like, I don't know. I mean, my gut tells me if they're going to do a small version of the NWL, the original three make the most sense. Me, personally, I think a I think what it should be is it should be six members. Um, pay homage to, obviously... Um, Sean Waltman going by six Pac, but I don't think it should be the fourth member Ted DiBiase or the fifth member Ted DiBiase. I think it should be the Big Show, the Outsiders, Sean Waltman, Hogan, and Eric Bischoff. Uh, it was Eric Bischoff's brainchild. It, it was something he was a member of. Um, it's something he still holds fond to this day. It's something he still wears NWO shirts to at signings. So me personally. I think it should be six people, those six gentlemen I just mentioned. Um, however, my, my other my other standpoint on it, or why I like the four that they went with, um, I believe it's Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash, it could have been Scott Hall, but Kevin Nash has said several times in interviews that if they go into the Hall of Fame uh, as NWO, it should be these exact four that's going in. So I think it makes sense. Um, I think... Hall, uh, Nash and Hogan definitely have the most stroke for a say like this. I think Hogan would probably pitch for the three of them. And I know uh, Nash probably put up a, a little bit of a fight to get Waltman in there. So I'm content. Yeah, I mean, my biggest gripe is not having Eric Bischoff, like someone who's so integral to that group, especially like in the beginning. But... As far as, like, other members, it's like, you could bring up ten of them and be like, oh, maybe they should go in. But if you're talking about the originals, it kind of makes sense. Like, X-Pac, I think he's only in there, honestly, because that's Triple H's boy. <laughs> so. Yeah, any, th- any thoughts about Batista going in? I, I think it's a lot, a lo- a lot early because he just had his... Final match at WrestleMania well, this past year. Go ahead, Eric. I, I guess I'll chime in on my, my last slaughter in the NWO. Well, since uh, Prep just mentioned homage, I love that it's four of Triple H's best friends and Hulk Hogan going in so far. Yeah. You know, you can you can literally say, you know, three members from the clique, they are his best friends. Batista, definitely someone he's got a good relationship with. Um, my feeling for Batista going in, um, I think it's fine. I think it's deserving. I think the one little glitchy thing um, with with this whole thing is I, I just feel like you – I don't feel like we needed NWO and Batista in the same year. I'm thinking like they could either do NWO next year or Batista next year. I look at this – I look at Batista's induction very similar – to Edge retiring in 2011 and then being the headliner in 2012. So, I mean, like, he retires, and then the following year he goes into the Hall of Fame. So there's a lot good with that. 
Um, I, I can see anyone's opinion on it being early. I mean, you can make the argument that it was too early for Edge, but he wasn't, you know, he's not supposed to come back. He's on the shelf for life. Um, I just think the whole notion of Batista not being qualified for the Hall of Fame or being too soon that I see or, you know, on these groups. I've had separate talks with both of you this week about I got my Christmas gift to myself is removing myself from social media wrestling groups. But <laughs> I don't know. I, you can't think of too many more deserving people that's not active in wrestling than Batista. Yeah, and I think those are real big names for the jump as well because it's like, wow, like those are like two headline. Like each, you could make like each person could headline a different year, like you just said about and the NW, the NWO and Batista. And who do you guys think should? Well, WWE they have about maybe three and a half months to give me what I want, and I want Christian finally in the damn Hall of Fame. I know it's kayfabe. But I take Christian seriously. You guys know how I feel about Christian personally. And I want him on the Hall of Fame because it's long overdue. That's just me personally. And uh, there was a rumor going around that the Bellas may get inducted as the women in the Hall of Fame. But that was just basically from a, a, um, a list of who should go in. It wasn't reported by anybody yeah. so uh who who, do you, who are some guys you, that you guys want to see in the hall of fame um <laughs> I, I i think the bellas won't make sense because i feel like there's so many people from the attitude era that you know the the internet community always cries about like i mean what did beth phoenix go in last year she went in a couple of years ago like there was an uproar about her a few years ago which kind of was uncalled for or, or who was the woman last year molly holly or um, who was a female last year? I can't recall who it was. Someone recent, I swear. I don't think it was Beth. I swear there was someone... Uh, well, I, I know it was someone relatively recent, and I, I, but I just remember a lot of people clamoring that it wasn't someone from the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, my biggest thing, like I, I agree with you again, Christian wholeheartedly deserves it. I hope it's his year. It should have been his year for several years now. Um Aside from Christian, the number one person that can still actually go out there and give a speech, not speaking on anyone that's deceased, I love that Randy Orton has uh, touted out for Ken Shamrock on multiple occasions on social media to go to the Hall of Fame. Um, Can't think of many more people, somebody with such a short run that made such an impact, no pun intended, and one of the most underrated IC champions of all time. Now, I know it never happened, but, like, I, Eck brings up Randy Orton. I think it kind of makes sense to put, like, I would put him in before Batista, to be honest. Who? <clears throat> Randy Orton. Okay. Like, no, I'm just saying, like, I get the ties, like, to, to the area, but, like, if you're talking about the Hall of Fame, like, I still think Randy Orton should probably go in before Batista. <laughs> But as far as people that I want to see this year, I mean, there's, like, glaring, like, people who are missing. Like, no we'll get offense, to, act, but We'll, the, we'll but get the, to that. The Dudley <laughs> Boys got inducted before, like, The Rock or The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, but, like, but, but hold on. So, to all three of those points, like, Batista's retired. So, Batista deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. The Undertaker's not retired. The, the Rock 
never claimed he was retired until literally like two, three months ago. He silently in an interview. If you're not retired and you're planning to still have an in-ring match, that you sh- you shouldn't go in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. Like any legitimate Hall of Fame, you're not going it like you're not going into the Baseball Hall of Fame and then competing the following season. I kind of like so, if they were to put more wrestlers that were like you're showing, your, you're showing your impact fandom. <laughs> All right, so, uh, well, we'll get back to that whole Hall of Fame thing a bit a bit later on the show. So, we have TLC this Sunday, and like I said, we took a few weeks off. It was a pretty pretty good and refreshing to enjoy the holidays and not have to worry about any wrestling. So, there's a few things that we actually glossed over in the last few weeks. So, the whole Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, and they're now called the AOP. Things going on. So, Seth Rollins, based, Seth Rollins, he joins the AOP. He finally turns heel officially and basically calls out the fans and saying, what do I have to do for you guys and make you guys happy? And I thought the promo was, was excellent. I thought it was well needed. And we've all been tired of Seth, even though we were clamor, clamoring for him last year to be in this position. And Seth even acknowledged that, look, He's like, I look, I bought the Universal title back to, back to Raw for you guys from Brock Lesnar. This is how you guys treat me. And a lot of the, everything he did said was was all truth. So now he's aligned himself with AOP. I thought the reveal of him in the back of the van was excellent when he had the hood on. And like, you guys made me do this. And I like the way it all played out. And the way this involves the TLC, Seth's dealing with a hand injury. And the Viking Raiders have issued an open challenge at TLC for their Raw Tag Team titles. And I personally think that it's going to be AOP answering the call so you can actually get AOP and Seth on the show. So your guys' thoughts on the Rollins heel turn and my prediction of the AOP challenging the Viking Raiders for the Tag Team titles at Sunday. I thought Rollins' promo was really solid. Like, that, if, if there was anything that I actually cared about from all those segments, it was Rollins' promo, I thought. He came across really good. He made very valid points on to why he's going the way he does. And honestly, I think it works really well with the AOP. My one hope is, and this is like the, I really hope that they don't wear the same thing that they wore before they left. I hope they change their gear because as the AOP before, like they always looked like fat shield members. Like so... I hope that they don't go back to that gear and then, like, they just look like another shield. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I have no idea what they're going to be wearing. It's, it always looks awkward to me, like, them in suits fighting. Like, it's just kind of not the ideal shape person you usually expect to be jumping someone in a suit. Um, Seth Rollins' promo I had no problem with. I thought it was really good. There was a lot of stuff I liked about it. Um Certain really small details and nuances to the whole segment backstage I did not really like. Um, And I'm sure the show is live, but the whole nuance when he spun the chair around, um, he almost seemed uncomfortable to me. Again, it's a real small detail, but it was something I caught that just made the whole backstage segment unenjoyable. Um, It's very common also in like the women's division, like with the very loud grunting and, 
like when he did the curb stomp and yells, I don't know, something about that just never, I don't know, it always kind of annoys me. But I know they've been doing that stuff forever. Uh, as far as the Raw Tag Team Open Challenge goes, I, the only people I can see doing it that's not a surprise would be the AOP or um, the Good Brothers. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping for the Good Brothers because <clears throat> I'd rather see the belts on them, but I don't really see the Viking Raiders losing them since they've really been only facing job teams. What do you think? What do you, who do you think they're going to face, Prep? Honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, your your idea kind of makes sense, and it, it might be time for them to do something because, like these job teams, like they can only do that for so long. Like it was really refreshing to see them against the Street Profits. Like I thought that match was a lot of fun. Like you knew the outcome, but I still was looking forward to it. Yeah, now, like, the reason I think it's AOP, like, one, it gets them on the show, and Rollins, because Rollins probably isn't going to wrestle, but then it's like, at this point, you make this new stable, and then you can put the belts on the belts on them right away to make them feel important, because so, it, 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 it helps the optics of it, and also, and also in the long run, Owens is going to need somebody to help him take on these guys in the long haul as well. So I think that could be your next feud between these six guys is the LP and Rollins with Owens teaming up with the Viking Raiders. Now something that... Makes sense. Now something that is really interesting and I really enjoyed for the couple weeks that I saw it because SmackDown a lot of times has become a blur for us because of the whole Friday move. But The Miz and Bray Wyatt... There, there, there's not a better person for the Bray Wyatt to deal with right now than the Miz. I think. I'm not sure if you guys have been catching up on the SmackDown clips and stuff, but the whole Funhouse thing when Bray is saying, "I want you guys, I want to play," and bring out the picture of the Miz with his, Miz and Maurice with their daughters and stuff, and then Miz lose, losing his shit, calling home, making sure that Miz and the, his kids are okay, even when Miz went to the into the room looking for him, and Bray attacked him. I thought it was perfect. And he's showing off his A-list acting chops right there in this. And you already know that there's not a problem. I don't think Miz will have a problem. Well, let me say this first. I think that... if I think if Miz brings like his daughters into this, because he already does a reality show, if he actually physically brings his daughter into this, and like there's like shots of Bray... Around Maurice and the do- and the kids, I think would actually be cool because of the whole idea of Bray being a cult, a cult leader for the kids, and maybe he could actually like brainwash Monroe <laughs> to an, to an extent. If you guys under, under can see where I'm coming from, but I think this is I think this is a good story, and the Miz is facing Bray Wyatt, not the Fiend, and it's not for the title, at least as of now. So, what do you guys start on this whole Firefly Funhouse thing and the Miz dealing with? It's not the title match. It's not. It's not. As of now, it's not listed as a title match, and he's facing Bray Wyatt and not The Fiend. So, what are you guys' thoughts on The Miz, Bray Wyatt, and this entire storyline so far? So, my all my, my thoughts real quick on it. I, from I haven't seen everything from last week, but from what I heard and what I've read, it's I get the gist of what's happened. It seems like it's all really good. Uh, and we all know I'm not the biggest Miz fan, but I actually want to go back and rewatch this because it all seems like we've all been clamoring for months for Bray Wyatt to be Bray Wyatt. 
alternatively and not not only be in the funhouse. Um, I also really like the idea of, and again, I'm under the impression that this is a championship match. I love the idea of, you know, there's always a babyface chasing the heel for the heel to defend their title. Meanwhile, you got Bray, this monster heel who's, you know, unbeatable. And then at the same time, he's chasing people down. Hey, here, you want to challenge for my title? I, I It's so different. It's so refreshing. Uh, I got all the time in the world for it. I'm excited for it. I hope it's a championship match. Um, it's, it's one of those things I think, like, all the time when someone wins the title, we're always wondering, like, oh, who's going to be the one to beat them for it? And it's like, I, I don't think there's any reason for this belt to come off Bray, like, within the next year, especially if they're going to mix the two characters. Prep. I just like the the fact that they're doing Bray and not the Fiend. I think the Fiend kind of needs a rest. It's like the whole, like, um, like remember the Demon when like every pay per view you were expecting the Demon and you're like, all right, I'm sick of it. And this is like pay per views, not like the weekly show. And we've seen the Fiend on the weekly show <laughs> and the pay per views. It's like, all right, it really needs a rest. So that's refreshing. And I think Miz as that foil, like I can buy Miz the family man because I watch. Yeah, that's uh, what I'm saying. It's Miz perfect. It's perfect. It's, so it, it works for me. And and it, it's not like, like Bray needs these matches where like it's not like he's not beating a contender. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's the Miz. Yeah. And one other, one other thing that's hanging over this entire storyline is Daniel Bryan. Because nobody's seen Daniel Bryan since uh, Bray Wyatt dragged him, well, The Fiend dragged him underneath the ring. So, since SmackDown's tomorrow, we don't have any knowledge of what's going to happen tomorrow. Do you guys think, let's let's assume we don't see Bryan. Do you think he gets involved somehow, some way, and appears for the first time on TV at the pay-per-view? Hmm, man, it's it's one of those things. It's so easy to think that, and it's so easy to let your mind wander and go both directions. Is this him going back to being a heel and aligning himself with Wyatt? Like, I feel like naturally right now, Bray Wyatt is so interesting and so exciting that you think of literally anyone that's not around, and they're going to come and align themselves with Bray. Um, I mean, that goes so far as to Liv Morgan. People were thinking she's going to show up and be with Bray. Um, I don't know. And then you could see him saving the Miz. Wow, how crazy would that be with their their history? Him coming to the Miz's age, uh, his aid. Uh, I'm. I don't know. It's just one of those things. It's easy to speculate, but I, I I don't have an honest idea. I don't know where it's going to go. Which that's the most exciting time to be a wrestling fan. All right. So, who wins and how? So, who wins? Who wins? Prep Miz or Bray Wyatt? Bray Wyatt. I don't. I don't think they're gonna do either that or they do like some funny finish. But I don't see Miz getting the win at all. Not by disqualification or nothing. I think they just do straight up like Bray Wyatt wins. Uh, I'm definitely going Bray Wyatt as well. Uh, one cool little detail I would like, and I think they're smart enough to do this. This is something I will speculate on. Um, this is since he's been this new character. This is going to be his first in-ring match. Um, the Fiend has been winning with the Manable Claw. I would love it if Bray Wyatt wins with Sister Abigail. It is one of those buried alive finishing moves that, you know, it 
didn't really matter because until this freshen up to his, this refresh to his character, it, you know that match that move was kicked out so much. But now Fry is so much more valuable after becoming the fiend. We get his first match just straight up Bray Wyatt. He wins with Sister Abigail. I think it's perfect. Yeah, well, I'm picking the fiend. I'm picking Bray Wyatt as well. But for me, I'm I'm assuming Brian isn't going to show up on SmackDown, and I do think Brian does end up involved in that match at the pay-per-view on Sunday. And I'm interested to see how Bray Wyatt performs because when first time we saw the theme, we were like, what is he? So now for Bray Wyatt, it's like, what is Bray Wyatt now? Is he going to get beaten down and just laugh at everything, similar to the Fiend, and not go down? So I'm interested to see how that all comes into play. But I do think Bray Wyatt does defeat The Miz on Sunday. Oh, and Eric, by the way, the woman that went to the Hall of Fame last year was Tori Wilson. That's who it was. Oh, there we go. Baby, jeez. We are sinners for not remembering that. Definitely. So, Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin. They're going one-on-one in a TLC match on Sunday. And this feud is real strange to me. I'm just going to start off with dog food. What are your guys' thoughts on the whole dog food angle? I hated that. I'm so sick of Baron Corbin. <laughs> like, and I get, like, he's being a heel, but this whole, like, the whole puppy thing, uh-huh. and when they did the mascot, like, the actual mascot, and then this, I'm like, oh, I'd rather watch the Lana angle. <laughs> we'll get to that. Oh, man, that's strong. Yeah, <laughs> Eric. I'll tell you what, clips. Clips and stuff I've seen from this, it's like, and, and you guys know my lifestyle. Friday night, I feel like Friday afternoon, I'm like, oh, wow, SmackDown's over tonight. I should really try to watch it. And then my life kicks in, and I'm out, and I'm doing this and that. And then, like, 9 o'clock rolls around. I check social media by accident. I'm like, oh, my God, I forgot SmackDown was tonight. And then it's like, you know, 11 o'clock, and then you're seeing kind of the ending segments. I'll glance on social media, and I'll see that. I'm like, Wow, I'm glad I went out tonight and I didn't sit around and watch this. You know, I, I love Roman Reigns just as much as the next guy, but I don't know why. I feel like most of the time, any feud he gets into, and they did the right thing keeping him away from the title, but he needs to be in the title picture because these nothing feuds, him and Drew McIntyre, him and Baron Corbin, I feel like each one of these feuds have been a year long. <laughs> well, we've seen him and Corbin fight for years, so I don't blame you on, yeah. on that at all. But I did enjoy him. Well, I did enjoy Corbin with Punk and the backstage crew the other night. I did think that was fun. You and, and me both. Yeah, and uh, to the whole mascot thing and the dog food thing, the mascot thing made me laugh. But it was like a what? It was more of a what the hell kind of laugh. And the dog food, I was just like, really? Dog, like I get it. It's cheesy and corny, but, like, I get it. It's like he's feeding the big dog. As, as ridiculous as that sound, I do get it. But It's, it's good shit. <laughs> it's good shit. But, uh, like, I don't know. Uh, I want better for Roman Reigns. I, I, I do agree that it's great that he's been away from the title scene. And who wins in the TLC match? Who you guys going with, Roman Reigns or Baron Corbin? I'll let Trump go first. 
It's it's Roman Reigns. I feel like I'm Best thinking. Team. Am I going too many faces? Am I overthinking this, Eck? No, nah, no. Nah, you. I would have done the same in 2017. So you're fine. <laughs> yeah, like, and I I have been enjoying Corbin as the king. You know, he's he's corny and cheesy, but I got a little bit of a soft spot for Corbin. Especially, especially after his performance in the King of the Ring tournament, like they talked about mm-hmm. on backstage. But this just this needs to end. It just has to. Me too. Me too. I'm, I'm a fan of. I don't get a lot to say. I, I mean, I feel like I gave a solid amount of my opinion on this whole feud, the storyline. Um, I, I see Roman winning, and then I see Roman. I guess it makes sense for him to go against the Dean. Uh, I think that is. So it would make sense not for Royal Rumble. But it makes sense for Mania. Uh, yeah, actually, maybe that won't make sense. That's going to make people hate Man- Roman again. I don't exactly. know. All it- I can say is I, I, I see Roman winning. And then here's my real question. This is a TLC match. Guys, what does that mean? This is a hardcore match then? Yep. Or, or are they climbing up the ladder for his scepter? Nothing <laughs> no. pisses me off more in the world than a tables, ladders, and mother-loving chairs match. And there's not, and you're, you're not. It's it's not a TLC match. They're calling it a TLC match, and it's a no DQ match. Trap? Am I overthinking this? Don't worry, I did it in 2017. My dog. <laughs> <laughs> now, something that I'm upset that we glanced over is the next match on the card. It's going to be the Kabuki Warriors defending their women's tag titles against Charlotte and Becky Lynch. And a few weeks ago, Charlotte had a handicap match against the Kabuki Warriors. And I thought that match was excellent. I thought Charlotte had an excellent showing. And this past Monday night on Raw, Becky, well, Charlotte first, Charlotte goes up to Becky and says, how would you like to be Becky two belts again? And, and and Becky kind of shrugged her off. And then Becky goes out and gets mm-hmm. destroyed by the Kabuki Warriors, catches a, an insane elbow off the top, off the top through a table, and she agrees to be Charlotte's partner at TLC. And now that will be a TLC match now for the women's tag team titles. And like the whole reluctancy angle with tag team partners, kind of they're not strange bedfellows, but they kind of are because they dislike each other. That always works in wrestling. You guys know I personally love that. So, what are you guys' thoughts on the this angle and who you guys going with on Sunday? So my thoughts are. I know you love it, and I'm I'm excited for this match. But Becky and Charlotte, when we know they're actually legitimately close friends, I they're acting in this storyline. I don't mean to be harsh, but it sucks. It is the worst thing I've seen in a long time. And I'm not trying to just keep going on about it, but I mean, I, I thought the, I thought both backstage segments where they tried talking to each other, I thought both women did poorly. I do think the match will probably steal the show. The match should be excellent. Um, similar to the Fiend, this is this is um, a he, you know this is the heel tag team saying, "Hey, challenge us for our belts this weekend," which is unusual. Uh, it's you know there's not a lot of women's ladder or TLC matches, and then this is going to be the big match for the again it hasn't even been around a whole year but it's the biggest match ever for these women's tag belts i'm very excited for this match um do you guys see any chance that this maybe closes out the show no i think reigns and corbin finishes really yeah another no no 
I'm still think, messed up with this whole thing about the universal title match not being a title match. Yo, Eck. You know what I think the main event is? What's that? Rusev and Lashley. I'll get to oh, that shortly. Yeah. I could see it. I could see it happening. And look, we hate it, but the people in the building love it. <laughs> well, before before we get to that real quick, I guess we all got to still give our predictions on this, the actual TLC letter match that makes sense being a TLC match. Um, yeah. uh uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my like I see Becky being Becky two belts again because it gives Charlotte that accolade and you know gets her a women's title gets her being the second women's Grand Slam winner but I want the Kabuki Warriors to retain because if they beat those two it'll look so good for them but that's my want that's who I'm picking but that's not who I see like, I I see the uh, two of the four horse woman winning at T Generation X. <laughs> Prep. It's the Kabuki Warriors. I don't. Does Becky and I mean I know they want to give Charlotte another title because that's what they love to do. <laughs> does Does Becky need another belt? She can't carry two. <laughs> I'm torn on this because I feel the Kabuki Warriors have been what's best for those titles, especially since they've been around. Like even Alexa and Nikki Cross, even Alexa Nikki Cross, I thought did a great job as well. But the and Kabuki they did, Warriors, right. they just bring something else to it. Even when, even when they first won it, I thought it was great as well. And it was only a matter of time because you got to kind of make these titles feel important for more important for a while. And it was only a matter of time before you got Charlotte involved in this. And Charlotte does make these titles feel more important. And I am going to go with Becky. In Charlotte, but I do expect the Kabuki Warriors to regain them shortly after. I guess that I guess you could do that, but it's still like how many times are you going to give Becky a second belt just to take it away a week after? As long as long as I don't get Becky versus Charlotte again, I don't care. I just don't want to see. I'm tired. I don't want to see them wrestle again. I honestly don't want to see any of those four horsewomen face each other. Unless it's like Bailey and Sasha in like the main event of something, yeah, because they've got. I don't know. I think I hope, and I know it's not going to happen. But like, I don't even know if you're going to bring this up. But they did the Liv Morgan like little vignette. I kind of hope that they start to kind of like move it along and do other things. Am I wrong for that? No, no, you're not. Because we need new and. So what are they turn her? They they're, would they turn her into Olivia now, or something? <laughs> you, you saw the comparisons to Emily. yeah, yeah. Like they're gonna turn into Olivia now. I didn't even see this thing. You guys gotta send me a link after. This. It, it wasn't. Talk. It wasn't even really anything. It just said like makeover though. It on Raw. Yeah, it was on Raw. It, it said yeah. Liv Morgan the makeover coming soon, and you know the internet so quick they compared it to the Emelina thing, which lasted two weeks. So, we'll see how it goes. Now, to address the elephant in the room, Bob is facing Rusev in a tables match this Sunday at TLC. And I just got to say this. I don't know what's worse, this story, Lana's acting, or her wig. It's that bad. It's a wig, right? It's, it's that bad. It, that, it's terrible. It's that bad. It, I can't wait for this to be over. Rusev deserves so much better. 
Bob, Bob even deserves better at this point. So I have nothing else to say. I just want this to be over. You guys say your piece and give me a pick. Bob or Rusev this Sunday in the tables match? Rusev. Uh, Rusev. Actually. No, nah, you don't got to change want it. Rusev. I want Rusev. It's Lashley. Unless Punk's right. He did have a great point. He, I did like his Yo. point. <laughs> Give that man the pencil. About how everybody should just hate Lana. And that's what Rusev was even saying. Like, like I don't want her. Like, you're not going to want her either. To, fi- to finish off the card, uh, the New Day is going to defend the tag, the SmackDown tag team titles against the Revival. The Revival won a fatal four-way match to earn the opportunity last week on SmackDown against Ali and Shorty G, Heavy Machinery, and Lucha House Party. Any thoughts on New Day versus Revival for the tag titles? Uh, I'm always excited for a match I've never seen. <laughs> Who I wins? got no thoughts about it, guys. Uh, New Day. Actually, yeah, New Day. New Day. New Day. And then where? Who was the other? I'm trying to think. There was. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Uh, there was something I read that like maybe the revival was going to get released too, but the only reason they didn't get released yet is because they needed them for this tag title match. I'm trying to remember who was supposed to be the. Oh, whoa, whoa. Who? Oh, yeah. I heard. Did you guys see the the sheet that it was supposed to be um, Ziggler and Rude challenging? But since Rude got the got the violation, that's why the revival's there in it. Which that's kind of funny. All in all, if that is the case, because I think Rude suspension was this week, and that SmackDown was last week. So it might be possible. It just might not have came out until this week, but. No matter what, we've seen it. And finally, for the announced matches, in a bit of one up, in a bit of one upsmanship, Alistair Black is going to face Buddy Murphy. Who are you guys going with? Alistair Black, Alistair too. Yeah, Alistair Black. I, you, I, you know what would be fun? Go ahead. Sorry to cut you off. You know what would be fun? I I, um, I see Alistair Black winning. We're going to a no contest, and I've never. Uh, petition for one of these in my life, but it would be cool if this leads like a best out of seven series since they both can go. Yeah, I wouldn't mind if it was for something, but I personally think Alistair Black, I think that he's had a wasted year in WWE because you guys remember, remember when WWE promised us new stuff and he was a part of that and he was Ricochet's tag team partner for like two or three yeah. months and they challenged for every tag Fun title. Time. They, they challenged for every tag title Mania weekend, and then they had the shake-up and whatever, and he was in limbo was there. Was that this year? What? That was this year, Mania, right? Yeah, he ch- they challenged for all three tag titles in a week. And, yeah, like wow. they, had, they had the shake-up, did nothing really. He had a match with Cesaro in, in Extreme Rules, but that's about it. It's just been a waste of year for Aleister Black. And hopefully 2020, way better year for Aleister Black. So that's it for TLC as of now. Uh, some speculation. I'm sure. I'm not sure if you guys have been catching up with AJ Styles and Randy Orton. Uh, Randy Orton basically kind of cost him the U.S. title this past week on Raw. So I'm not sure if that's going to be a match or not. And if you guys don't have anything to say about that, now Wednesday nights have basically become a free for all. It seems to be. Go ahead, Eric. 
I was going to say one last thing, I guess, in main roster land. It, it should be short and sweet. So nothing going on with that new Intercontinental title that came about a couple weeks ago. Nothing has been for it. Has it been defended? I don't think it's been defended. Typical WWE. Mm-hmm. Although Sammy, on to Wednesday nights. Yeah, although Sami Zayn does have a manager's license now, and he showed up on Raw <laughs> to talk <laughs> to talk with Mojo Rowley, which I thought was funny. But yeah, basically Wednesday's... It was but, funny, but really much. Yeah, so Wednesday's have basically become a free-for-all. Um, fend for yourself. With between AEW and NXT, now I have I'm aware of what's been going on in AEW, and I had not seen NXT this week. So, are there, is there anything, any thoughts you guys have on this pe- this past week's AEW or NXT in front of recent weeks? I could watch Angel Garza versus Leo Rush every day. Give me 16 minutes of that match every day, and I'll be happy. They are so good together. Um, Trev, uh, I asked you a question then because I don't think I've watched any of their matches in its entirety. Um, I think ever since the Cruiserweight title has ended up in NXT, I haven't paid it no mind. Um, is there a specific match if you had to sell someone to watch to get invested in it? Would it be this week? Would it be this week? Would it be the one? I think the title change yeah, is probably the most significant because the other ones were more of like a story like and trying to build up the feud like they did the whole thing with Leo Rush's wife before. But like this was like, yo, 16 minutes, just like bang, 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 well, bang, bang. Wife. Huh? How long? I, I said the joke because he proposed to his wife, uh, his fian- now fiance after. I said this was all just for Garza. But then I was just asking you how long did you say the match was? Yeah, it was like 16 minutes. Cool, cool, cool. Definitely yeah, worth the watch. Just, just take the time. You too, Alo. Like, I don't know. Have you seen any of Angel Garza? Um, no, I haven't. I'm, I'm aware of what happened in the first match when he went at, went at uh, Leo Rush's wife. I'm aware of that. But like I said, it's a free-for-all. He basically ended up flicking back and forth. Go ahead. Can, can, I, can I make a bold statement? Go ahead. I like him better than Andrade. Really? Yes. Oh, I got, I gotta go. Yeah. And I said it's bold. Yeah. Speaking of I Andrade, they they're teasing a split with him and Zelina, because Zelina, he inadvertently bumped into Zelina, and Zelina, uh, he bumped inadvertently bumped into Zelina and caused him to lose to Humberto Carrillo. So. Oh no! Let me, let me guess. Uh, you you like you like you like Humberto better too. Me? No. Or prep? Oh, prep. He's uh, the one earlier talking crazy. Uh, wow. No. Yeah. Sian's uh, Cien, still my favorite unmasked uh, Hispanic wrestler right now. There's no, I mean, I, I don't think none of those two guys we just spoke about hold a candle to him. But again, I'm not sold on the guards at all. I, I don't even think I've, I don't know, I haven't sat through a matches at all. Uh, you know, we're all, we're all Leo Rush guys. He's a friend of the show, so it's kind of Hard to get so, like I didn't know who he was at, and then all I know is it's not easy to get sold on him. Yeah, how about how That's about wild. how about anything AEW? Because as you guys know, for me it's Santa season, <laughs> so when I drop, I, I drop. And last night was one of those nights. <laughs> so yeah, any so, so I'm aware of what happened. Um, A- Gutter. So 
for me, AEW is still what I watch live. I watched it live last night. Uh, I missed the beginning of. I, I missed the first time. Sleek came out there and squashed someone in you know eight minutes or less. I didn't see the match. I just came out and saw the promo with him and Jericho. Uh, I am very much looking forward to to be doing together. I thought Jericho's mic work last week. We didn't talk about anything uh, non merch related last week. So I thought his um, his whole thing with the lexicon of Jericho and you know it wasn't even known like you know there was the hinting the week prior of Moxley being interested in him in the title. And he's going out there and mentioning all these people he's not going to defend the title against. And he drops Moxley's name a hundred times. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, I'm, I thought the whole thing of, you know what? I don't want to face this guy. I know he can probably beat me. Let's recruit him. Uh, I love it. Uh, as far as this show overall, I think it's enjoyable. If you did not watch it, uh, my message to everyone is watch the main books and Santana. Look, Preps Thoughts or on Leo Rush and Garza is my thoughts on Santana and Ortiz and the Young Bucks. I can watch the them go whenever. Um, it may have been the best Dynamite match yet. Okay. Yeah. So 12 weeks of Dynamite. Some people may look at that as such not a big statement, but again, me being someone that's a fan of the product for the listeners at home, I think that's a pretty solid statement. 12 solid weeks. I've been to two shows live. Um, this match, and you, obviously the listeners know, the, the Young Bucks won. I did not see the Young Bucks winning. I'm a fan of both teams. Santana and Ortiz being undefeated, it made a lot of sense to go face the SC, face SCU. If SCU is going to lose the belts at some point, it should be. They already faced two people from the inner circle. They're facing another two people from inner circle if Santana and Ortiz won. So the match, the match was gangbusters. It's what I like. It's a hardcore match. I'm going to rant about this because I'm, I, this stuff was that good. And then the moment the Bucks won, my jaw dropped. Uh, I almost spilled someone else's drink. It was, it, it was really good. I, I said this earlier, and I've said this on the show countless times. If you surprise me, I'm invested. I'm hooked. They surprised me. I didn't think the Bucks would win. You really didn't think the Bucks were going to win? No, because look, look, Prep, Prep said this earlier He when we were previewing TLC, and he's like, I'm picking too many faces. It, 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 the winner of this match, uh, I, if you didn't know, I think they only announced it on the show, but they did. the winners get to face, yeah, they get, to, they get to face SCU next week. Face versus face didn't seem to make sense to me. And I think it just, it made so much sense. The number one tag team in the company is Santana and Ortiz off of record. They're saying records matter. So it would just make sense. Santana and Ortiz, you just beat it. Keep them undefeated and have them win the belts. Everything about it just seemed to make sense. They're they're really hot as an act right now. I just I didn't see any point for them to lose. Now what are your thoughts on the MJF promo? Promo um, of the week, right? <clears throat> He's done better. Um, I, of, of course, I enjoyed it. Better. there was a lot of it. Yeah, there was a lot of it. On, something not about him, and I could have missed it. I haven't seen it on Being the Elite, so I'm pretty sure it hasn't happened. So correct me if you guys have caught this. My thing I don't like is he's redoing a Cody gimmick, and no one's called that out yet. 
Now, I will love it if he does it for weeks and then someone calls it out. But, like, AEW, and I'll be their critic right now, AEW is very known for not letting anything simmer. They usually call stuff out right away. So I just feel like they, I don't know, I feel like this is something they should be all over. Like, Cody had that ring in Ring of Honor, and he was having everyone kiss it. Like, the whole idea of MJF going around with this ring and getting people to kiss it, I think that's just like a no-brainer to that he's he's either copying and they're not trying to acknowledge it, or they gotta they gotta they gotta call it out. That's something that's kind of irking me because it just doesn't make sense. Why would you wait for that? Now, do you think he's doing that on purpose? I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I can if you made that clear. Yeah, so. I think I think he's doing it on purpose to mock Cody. I think the to mock Cody, and okay. I think they're either thinking like again one of their discredits is I feel like with how much of a larger nationwide fan base they're gathering than from their time in Ring of Honor, I feel like they they lean too much on the hardcore fan and don't explain that stuff. Yep. Like I feel like someone on commentary should have been saying like oh, this is something Cody used to do, or, like, they're, they're, I know they don't want to talk about WWE, but this is something from his independent run. I feel like that's something they should be pointing out there. So, because I'm watching this, I'm watching this week's episode, he makes the cameraman kiss his ring, and meanwhile, I'm sitting here with two casual fans that are so confused. I'm like, why is he kissing his ring? And I'm like, I don't know if they're going to talk about it, but Cody used to do the same thing. He's feuding with Cody right now, so... I don't know. That's just to me. That's that's my nitpick. It it's not my favorite thing going on in the company. It's not the hot button for me. It's definitely whatever Moxley and Jericho is doing and the tag title scene. But a good thing is there's multiple things that are hot things and something to be invested in this weekly two hour show when New York gives us five hours of weekly content and it's fine. It's hard to find two things that you're really interested in. Just my two cents. I I don't think it. I guess I kind of like him calling back to like the old Cody stuff, and like he does the uh, what does he call it? The the crossroads. He calls it something different though. But um, I I kind of dig that. I hope that they do a gimmick where they break his nose and then he has to wear the face mask and put a bag over somebody's head <laughs> or something. Just keep going. Why not? That'd be decent. decent. All right. Now, there's something else going on AEW that's actually the only thing that's real different that they've I think they've done. This whole Brandy Rhodes thing. Now, I personally find as gorgeous as she is, I I think a lot of stuff she does is corny. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But in that vignette, I saw that I'll just walk to the apartment. Is is out. In that, I'm sorry. But in that vignette, she had Dustin in the video. I believe it was Dustin, if I'm correct. That's what I thought, too. That's yeah, I'm not what sure. I thought, too. But I think they want you to think that's him. Yeah, if, if, if it's Dustin, well, I don't care if he's in the group. But my whole point is, if Dustin's actually working with Brandy on this, then I have high expectations because you guys, we all know how, how cinematic – Dustin Rhodes that can actually be so he I think he could actually be a helpful hand in this with with this Damn whole it. yeah with this whole thing with Brandy what do you guys think 
Yeah, I think he'll save it, and I'm sure he, he won't let it be a waste. Whatever whatever it's going to turn to, he's not going to let let it be cockeyed. He's not going to let it be bad. He's going to make uh, chicken salad out of chicken shit. I don't really like the uh, the idea of, like, it, it kind of bothered me when she said, we are a branch of the Nightmare Collective or whatever. Like, I think that if she wanted, if she had to do something, she should have been, like, her own thing and saying that forces things like having dust in there to join them since he's in the nightmare family i i just i just don't think it bodes well especially like he's such a face that to put him with them it like ruins him because he had something going like being on the outside you know it wasn't like he didn't have to be champion but he always got himself over and now he's going to be a, a heel with this weird faction of you know people i'm i just don't really like it yeah they didn't show his face so like you like like we said he just he just might have been a, been a prop in the video but i think that at some, to some capacity he'll end up working with her on this but because this is the only different thing AEW has actually done. Go ahead, Prep. Now, so it definitely wasn't the girl from last week. I didn't see it, so I, she was in it. But oh, it was, so she was there, she and, was, and then there was the bald man. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. All right. So they're on a signing spree too. Yeah, they are. I just I saw they got somebody else today. Now Eric had something that he wanted to. Uh, well, a new segment he wanted us to do. Eric, tell us about your segment. All right, guys. So I figured we'd pay a little homage to all the fun we had last week. If you're listening again uh, from last week's episode, we had a basically a full merch-related episode. And a little homage to uh, Zach Ryder and Brian Myers for uh, a segment they have, which is – I'm not – I'm going to butch, uh, butcher it and Prep's going to correct me. But it's basically a segment where they petition to get retros back. The Mattel line with the uh, Hasbro-like figures. And they talk about figures from past or present that should still come out and be produced by Mattel. Figures that could realistically, you know, due to the contracts. So... Being that the three of us are big elite collectors the, from the Motel line, whether it be, you know, mock or loose, um, there's been a lot of lines over our couple years collecting that have returned, uh, ended, came and gone, one-hit wonders. So I figure every now and again when the three of us are together, we take a turn, pick a line that is no longer around petition a reason why it should come back and give our pitch what would be in the line or what figure should you know bring this back and you know would probably sell well to get them to do it again so my first choice was the hall of fame line which was exclusive to target they would do waves of four elites and i believe they did about four different waves aside from four individual elites they did three four packs two four packs hit nationwide and then the third one hit internationally and i believe on the west coast only 
Aside from that, it was a Target.com exclusive, pretty much. That would be originally the Horsemen, Four Horsemen, Four Pack, Ric Flair, Tully Blanchard, Barry Wendell, Arn Anderson. The second four pack was the Heenan family. Um, there were the ones they used was Bob, Andre the Giant, and, and Big John Stud. Uh, a lot of people wish that you know they would have put Perfect out and do like another King Kong Bundy. Or there were there were certain people that they want King Kong Bundy's uh, Legend deal was up, so there was several names that you could not use. Uh, the last one they did was WCW Nitro Notables. And that got us, I believe, Larry Zabisco's first and only elite. We got Kevin Nash in street gear with the Wolfpack, Scott Hall street gear with the black and white NWO, and Eddie Guerrero in these terrible bootcut style jeans, cowboy boots and an LWO removable shirt. So I'm going to save mine for last, if you guys don't mind. And I wanted to hear your guys' pitch on resurrecting the four-pack Mattel Hall of Fame. Yeah. You want to go first, Prep, or you want me to take it? Nah, you can go. All right. So I had a hard time with this list because the key word was you have – the key thing was they had to be in the Hall of Fame. And Mm -hmm. the things I came up with, I had to double-check if the people were in the Hall of Fame for the third and fourth person. And – one was usually not in the Hall of Fame. So my pack is going to be based on decorated tag teams. And I'm going to have the Dudleys in overalls in a, in a tie-dye. And they're going to be packed with the Road Warriors with each tag team belt. Ooh. Fire. I love it. What uh, what color attire for the Legion of Doom? Wh- whichever one, it could be a repackage or anything. Okay. But the Dudleys will be in uh, their tie dye, and Devon have his overalls. I love it. I love it. Uh, we we definitely need uh, flashback Dudley elites. We only got, I believe, two Bubba Rays and two Devons. Yeah, we got my, one base. My initial pick was going to be. Both modern. Yeah, my initial pick was going to be a heart foundation with with that came with a wheelchair for for Brett. But Pillman and I don't think Davey Boy are in the Hall of Fame. Owen. Well, wow, Owen, yeah, Owen, Owen wouldn't be in it. So yeah. I, was, I was like, maybe I can get Brian and Bulldog, but they're not in the Hall of Fame either. So. Yeah, you, only, you only do got the original heart foundation. Yeah, I guess that is always forgettable. Prep, what do you cook up? So, totally misunderstood what you said. <laughs> so, or question exactly what you told me. Whatever. Exactly what you told me not to do. I'm like, damn, I gotta cook it up real quick. But um, I think for the Hall of Fame set, just to be different, I would do like a celebrity set. So. <laughs> I do Snoop Tyson. Tyson. It's the last few years. Snoop Tyson. Um what's his Arnold Schwarzenegger. And just to be dumb. Drew Carey. Drew Carey. <laughs> and he's gotta Jeez, wear like, an Indian's jersey. Sweatsuit. Oh, 
Oh, sweatsuit, even better. Yeah, yeah, the Adidas sweatsuit. Yeah, Rumble Gear. Rumble Gear. Well, all right. So, Prep, I'll say this. For coming up with that in under 50 seconds, I'm impressed. I liked it. Um, My best friend was a little bashful with his, but I think that's a fire one. Unfortunately, with Bubba Ray's Ring of Honor affiliation, he probably couldn't have a figure right now. But that would be awesome. Legion of Doom need a third, third set of elites. So, yeah, that one's fire. Mine... This is something, oh my gosh, I came up with this segment probably right when we got off the air last week. So I cooked this up right away. This has been brewing in my head. This is big fantasy. And I think one set of Hall of Fames, one set of Hall of Fame four-pack, I think this would sell. So I did a slight cheating thing to it, and Aaron basically did the same thing by adding an accessory because the four four four-packs besides uh, a removable shirt or a removable vest, they really didn't come with accessories at all. So mine would be a four-pack of the first four two-time Hall of Famers. It would be Ric Flair, Booker T, Sean Michael, from 95 to 96 Nitro era, shorter, blonde, green, and the accessory would be a green robe, similar to the Defining Moments and the recent Retro Elite. Um, green robe, green boots. You get Booker T from, like, WCW doors closing down. Shorter dreads, black trunks. Um, there really is no WCW. I mean, I'm, aside from Harlem Heat, there, there's not a WCW Booker T Elite. There's not an Invasion one. This WrestleMania heritage is kind of the closest thing you would get to a invasion-themed Booker T. So I would get black trunks, black boots, and you know, stash, shorter hair, fire. Um, the accessory I would love with it, first time in the line, and it would be the thing to make this fifty-dollar four-pack that they maybe because of adding accessories bump these four leads to sixty. The first time the WCW elite uh, belt. For an elite figure. Shawn Michaels from his return SummerSlam 02 street fight. Jeans, white tank, short hair, everybody's fan. And then the Bret Hart would be like some type of WCW attire. I know most of his attire was kind of just reruns of uh, his gear from WWF. Maybe you put him in a Canadian hockey jersey. If not, maybe kind of do a re. Um, a re-release of the Defining Moments one, except obviously this would be without the jacket and without the flag. But I think the four-timers, that I'm sorry, the first two-timers in a four-pack, I think that has a theme to it. It's four guys that they all can use an elite. Uh, Booker T specifically doesn't, you know, I think he's kind of shortchanged on figures as is. Shawn Michaels is kind of a two, three year time span of elites that just do not exist. And Ric Flair, I mean, th- those will always sell. Do it in green. It's different. It's my favorite color. I think if Bill McKenna listens to this, he'd be sweating. Zach and Brian listen to this, they'd be proud. All right. All right, guys. So, anything else that you guys need to talk about from the weekly product or in general? That's about it for me. Uh, are you guys? Wait, do do I get to pick show? what we do next week? If you're um, on next week, do, I don't care. It's up to you. Yeah, or, or do it 
do it two days in advance, and then we'll we'll forget, we'll mix it up, and then we'll we'll freestyle fifty seconds before. All right, cool. All right, cool. That's so. a rim. If you <laughs> you could drop. <laughs> So, I guess that's it for the show, guys. Like I said, uh, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Five-star reviews, as always. For Ect2Fly, Eric Trambicki. For Josh Prepagina. I'm Alo Aaron Lloyd, and we will see you guys next week. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the mission, man. It ain't shake the land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.